0: Up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.
1: Wikipedia, the most widely used reference compendium, is one of the few spaces where Africans can directly write and edit their stories. Out of over six million articles on the English Wikipedia, only about 104,000 articles are about Africa, and that's roughly 1.5 percent. Early this year, 2023, the Wikimedia Foundation launched the Open the Knowledge Journalism Awards to celebrate the essential role that journalists play in creating well-researched articles that volunteer editors can use as source materials to develop content on Wikipedia and other Wikimedia projects as new information can only be added to Wikipedia by volunteer editors if it is supported by citation from a published and reliable source. Earlier, when you know, this was announced, I had a chat with the Vice President for Communications at the Wikimedia Foundation, Anusha Alikan, on the launch. And you can listen again on africatechradio.com or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, just search Supporting Journalists in Africa through the Open the Knowledge Journalism Awards. Now, over 2,000 submissions from 37 African countries were received through this application. And we have the award recipients here with us. yes. First place, Carlos Murethi from Kenya. And his article, How a Headstrong Historian is Rewriting Kenya's Colonial History, which was published in the Christian Science Monitor, is, you know, one of the guests I have with me on the score. Hi, Carlos.
2: Hi, Tony. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, great. I'm pleased. And also, I have uh, in second place, Osas I think I should just say the full like the full name. Osawoname Ibuzube. I hope I said it right. Um, Osas, did I say it right?
0: Hi Tony. Uh, not exactly, but well, then it's fine.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So I, I think we we'll just stick to Osas, right? That's fine.
0: Yes, Osas is fine. Thank you. Beautiful. So
1: Osas is from Nigeria, and her article, FGM survivors narrate experiences dealing with absence of the clitoris, is the article that went out and the article that won second place it was published in the premium times of nigeria there were other outstanding articles that also received special mentions in each of the awards categories and in this episode we'll be also speaking um just about the awards generally about the journalists who got the first and the second place um awards and I also have with me here um, someone from the Wikimedia Foundation, Nazneen. Hi, Nazneen. I hope I said the name right.
3: Though. Hi. Yeah, you said my name right. Thank you, Tony. Hello. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here today.
1: Okay. Nazneen Nawaz is the Director of External Communication at the Wikimedia Foundation. So. How important first of is this moment of recognition in your career? And this is Carlos and Osas. Let's start with Osas.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Tony. Thank you for having me. First of all, I would like to say a very big thank you to the Wikimedia Foundation and other organizations that sponsored the Open the Knowledge Journalism Awards. I want to thank them for the recognition, first of all. And to your question, Tony, I would say this award came at a time where um, I think I started to like question myself or question the work that I do um, as a journalist who report on social issues, especially issues that affect women and girls. And most times we go out there, we listen to people's stories, we come back, filter it and then we write our stories and sometimes you don't see the impact. Sometimes you listen to these very horrifying stories and sad stories. You go back home and you think about the experiences that you've just heard. Oftentimes my skin cringes. And at this period, I started questioning, okay, is this work that I do? Is is it really impactful? Oftentimes I write stories and tell stories and it just ends there. So I think when this award came, it kind of gave me validation to say that, okay, you are doing the right thing for um, a foundation as big as Wikimedia Foundation to see your work as a journalist um, worthy enough to be on the Wikimedia or on the Wikipedia page, the number one knowledge space of the world. So it's, it's a, it was a very big one for me. Yeah, I'd
2: say. Mm. And and Carlos? Uh, Thank you, Tony. So yeah. Firstly, I'm also honored and delighted that this article uh, was recognized by the Wikimedia Foundation. And I acknowledge the great work by my colleagues, my fellow journalists who submitted their work for consideration. So my stories tend to be people-driven and they focus on Africa. I love to write about issues affecting African people in different African countries. And I use, I love using stories of ordinary people as entry points for my story and to center those personal narratives to discuss issues. So this recognition, I feel it validates the work that I do to tell stories of African change makers, like the the subject of my story, who is a Kenyan historian. And it also, validates my work in the sense that I try to put the voices of local change makers on the global stage and for this article to be chosen out of more than 2000 submissions from dozens of african countries i mean that's a great recognition and honor for my work and it motivates me and encourages me to profile more africans doing amazing things on the continent
1: now, what impact do you think you know, this would have on your career and the goals, the things you wish to achieve in your career. Looking at you know where you started out from and where you are right now. Carlos and then what's us?
2: I think it will winning an award definitely gives you a platform. It gives you recognition from different people, whether it's fellow journalists or, or editors. So people will look at the work that I do in a different light and look at it in terms of you know of a higher quality and on a personal note personally for my career trajectory i as i said earlier i strive to write stories about uh, local african people stories about showing the human the impact that developments in society whether it's about business tech or history in this case um, or health Trying to show how those issues impact people, and in the future, I plan to write biographies of different change makers from different uh, African countries. And I know this such an award because I've received this award because of writing a profile, someone's profile. And I think uh, it will give me more opportunities to write uh, profiles of African change makers and to write and to make biographies of such people or to even make documentaries about people making a difference on the content
1: mm, interesting osas
0: okay for me i think personally uh, in terms of my career trajectory i think winning this award first of all we give me a boost, or giving me a boost in my career to say that okay the work that you do is seen and is validated and then in terms of um, the story that i told and in terms of the voices that i profiled in my story is some sort of also give me that push to say okay for you to have profiled the stories of these women, these um, bold women who were able to speak up, there are other women out there who have sad and untold stories to tell in terms of when it comes to their sex sexual and reproductive rights so it kind of gives me um that push or it's kind of like a feather added to my cap to make me want to go deeper into reporting more on women issues or women or issues that affect women and also on the platform um premium times i've published my stories i think um to a large extent it will also give a validation it's some sort of a honour basically to the newsroom and to the editors who guided me through the process of writing the stories so i think to a large extent is a very big boost in my career um, as a person or um as the medium where i work or as a platform where i reported the story and as well as the sources and the women who spoke up in the story that i that in the winning story mm.
1: Nasneen, thank you very much AsSAs for sharing that nazneen listening to osas and to carlos you know know, tell these stories what did wikimedia seek to achieve with launching this award and did you know was it achieved and how would you react to what osas and carlos just shared
3: so i I suppose exactly what's been said i think the the recognition amongst journalists and the journalist community is, is, is exactly what we wanted to do. Right? that We want to really celebrate journalists who are writing really great, well-researched stories that are helping to close knowledge gaps um, in kind of like the wider information landscape. So some people aren't aware. Wikipedia, Wikimedia projects are written by volunteers, hundreds of thousands of volunteers around the world. And the only way that they can create articles on the platform is if they've got sources in the wider world that they can use as citations in their articles and something that we at the foundation as well as the volunteers have talked about for a long time now is the knowledge gaps that exist on the platform and one of the key reasons for that is because i think certainly in africa there we are lacking some of those rich stories and unheard voices so There is a real, really big job, we feel, in kind of recognizing the great work that we do, that that journalists do. And I think what these awards, this is the first year we've run an initiative like this in very close partnership with the African community of volunteers. I think these awards have helped us to start really important conversations with journalists, again, who may not have been aware about just how important their reporting is. And we've done that through direct conversations with, you know, Osas, Carlos, the others who received special mentions, but also the other journalists' organisations that we were able to work in close partnership with across Africa, um, so that they are then able to, I suppose, champion those messages to others that these stories are absolutely critical. And we've absolutely gone some way in doing that. But of course, there is a, a lot to do. When we think about the mission that Wikimedia has is to, you know, us, the volunteers, is to ensure that everyone has access to the sum of all human knowledge, you can kind of get the sense that this is a really big job. Mm -hmm. And I think initiatives like the Journalism Awards are a really important step in helping us to start that important conversation, start that awareness raising and to create those closer connections with journalists in the wider world. Um, to help work towards that wider goal of of closing the knowledge gaps. Mm. So we've had a great first year uh, and there's lots of learnings that we need to kind of look at to take forward. But uh, it's great to obviously hear this feedback firsthand as well from the, the recipients.
1: Beautiful. Now, Carlos and Osas, I'm quite curious. What exactly motivated you or inspired you to you know, become a journalist, take up, you know, this job. And how do you actually decide those stories that are worth telling? Carlos and then Osas.
2: Thanks, Tony. So I enjoy writing. I've uh, enjoyed writing since I was in primary, primary school, you know, writing compositions and essays. And I also enjoy listening to people and sharing their stories. So because of my writing interest back in high school, I would uh, submit letters to the editor to a Kenyan newspaper and they'd get published. So from that young age, so that motivated me since I was writing in high school. And here is my work getting published um, at a major local newspaper. That motivated me while I was still young. And... After high school, I decided to pursue journalism in university to nurture my skills. And while in university, I was editor of a student publication there. And I started freelancing for the Daily Nation, which is the largest newspaper in Kenya. And that helped me to get fully into journalism when I graduated. Mm. And um, in terms of how I decide what stories are worth telling, I follow developments in local news, I read a lot of newspapers, I watch a lot of uh, TV news, and I speak with my sources on a regular basis. So that helps me get ideas to write. And since I work at an international publication at the Associated Press, I look at things that are happening locally, and I try to find what may interest an international audience, and I pursue
1: that Uh and Osas what inspired you
0: okay um thank you
2: Tony um and thank you Carlos for
0: sharing that it's very inspiring for me um I think being a journalist is me living out my dream I I've always known I wanted to be a journalist right from when I was young Uh, in primary school I would Any activity at school or in church, during graduation ceremonies and all that stuff, I would introduce newscasting as part of the activities, even though it was not in the curriculum (laughs) or in the agenda. I would introduce it. I would pick somebody to co-present with me. would put together a script. I've always been a talker. I like to talk. And I think the glitz and the glamour of being on TV was what really attracted me um, at that early stage. I had an aunt um, who was a veteran um, TV presenter, who would watch her on TV, she would deliver the news, I'd always admired her, and I've always wanted to, uh, I want to be on TV, I want to be a journalist, I would say it right from when I was small. And then um, I finished high school, I finished secondary school, and then um, I think... It was luck, or I would say it was um, God's plan when my auntie, who is the veteran broadcaster, reached out to my parents to say that she needed somebody who could help her with her kids. So I left my parents, I left home immediately after secondary school and started staying with her. I moved to um, the capital city in Abuja, Nigeria. So I started living with her after high school i um, got admission into the university to study accounting Um, i applied for mass communication but then i was i wasn't given the course so i was given accounting instead so i was studying accounting i think i was in 200 level when um my auntie magnanimously magnanimously asked me to resume at um the organization where she was working a local tv station um as a volunteer in the newsroom so i was in 200 level in school when i started my journalism career. So I started as a volunteer. So started learning on the job, learning the ropes of reporting. I started with vox pops. I go out there for market survey. I did that for about two or three years, and then um, I started presenting on TV. So that was a dream come true. So um, with time, um, I got to learn the ropes of influential journalism, and not just reporting or, or reporting um, events and also. I think that came in when, um, I got inducted into the report to Menfredo by the Wallace Center for Investigative Journalism. I think that was, um, in the year 2021. I think that year the fellowship was focused on reporting on gender-based violence. I think that fellowship was what opened my eyes to, um, the stories. Okay, this is now me going, answering the question on, um, how do I decide what stories I was telling? So I got to see that. The issue of gender inequality, the issue of gender based violence and marginalization of the most vulnerable women in society was something that I really had a passion for. Coupled with personal experiences of gender based violence, I saw that that was something that I could really report with passion. So that was when I started reporting on women issues. I started with a story of a lady who was trafficked to Russia by her pastor then. That was the first story that I did on women issues on um stories that affect women. So that story got a lot of traction. It actually catapulted my career into the global stage. It won several awards by IOM, African Union and I think it won about three awards that year. So since then I started reporting on women issues and that was that that is me, like I said, living out my dream. So I really do not consider my role as a journalist or me practicing journalism as a job or as something I'm just doing. It's me living out my 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 dreams basically in my career path, so that's it for me.
1: Nice, I I, I like that that would, these two stories would you know, inspire um, anyone who thinks about getting into you know being a journalist or working in the space. What really goes into researching, investigating, and reporting a story like the one you've done? And I'm really happy that, you know, for you, Osas, you know, the the issues you're talking about are quite different from, you know, the kind of issues, especially based on the article that won the award that, you know, Carlos concentrates on. But so I'd really like to know what the process is like, what it really took to creating a piece like this from both of you. Osas, you can go first.
0: Okay, for this particular piece, it was... a very very difficult one to tell it was very dif- difficult in the sense that it's it's a very sensitive issue and it's an issue that requires people to speak about their sexual lives or their reproductive lives and that's something that is considered as a taboo in the parts of Nigeria where I'm from I think what really also made it a bit easy for me all was able to get me my sources was the fact that i was from that part of nigeria i'm from benin and when i approached sources to say okay this is what i'm talking about um this is somebody a doctor referenced you and said i could talk to you and immediately they hear the topic oh it's about female genital mutilation it's about um female circumcision everybody will just shy away and they will say oh do you want to, to, to be a camera and be like, okay, I want to record your audio and all of that. And they will just shy away, obviously. So it took me a while for me to be able to get women to actually speak up. And I think that boils down to the stereotypes or the social norms and the beliefs um, that talking about sex or talking openly about sex or about reproductive issues is a taboo or is something that should be shrouded with secrecy and all of that. So for me to be able to get this research out the um, doctor I spoke to really helped me out because he had, he had done a lot of research when it comes to female genital mutilation and its effects on the sexual and reproductive health of women so um stories like these are stories that I personally would utterly really want to tell because it's not something that everybody is not an area one an angle that is out there or that people would easily think of I lost the story I gave for about. Three years before I was able, able to bring it to light because I was searching for the right platform, the right angle, and the right um, mentorship and editorship for me to be able to um, bring into light. So it took me a lot. And when I say it took me a lot, it took me a lot. And those are some of the advocacy that we're trying to like put out there for people to be more open in terms of speaking up, especially when it comes to the issue of gender-based violence and as it affects women. Women are women are shamed for even speaking out openly, or even like discussing about their sexual rights or their sexual needs. So I think it boils down to shame, people not wanting to speak up. I think those are like the, those, that's like the major challenge
2: mm-hmm.
0: that I, I that I encountered. And at the end of the day, even the the women that I spoke to, they pleaded anonymity. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think we really have to do more in terms of encouraging people generally, not just women, to speak up and be open to talking about these issues.
1: Uh, okay. Um, more advocacy needed. Carlos, uh, yours is also a very touchy issue. History is a very, very touchy issue everywhere. You know, tell us about uh, your process. And, uh, you know, just just like uh, Osas just did, we'd like to hear from you.
2: Okay. Thanks, Tony. So, personally, I love reading about African history. I'm always curious about Kenyan history and the history of other African countries. And one thing that I've been reading a lot lately in the past few years is, is uh, the history of the colonial history of Kenya. And just speaking with older people and maybe people who were alive when uh, Kenya was still under British colonial rule. So there were there are a lot of things I heard, I, I would hear them speak about, but I, that I had never seen on seen uh, being you know reported on in news or even covered or just featured in articles or mentioned in documentaries. So I realized there were a lot of things that happened during the colonial time that didn't make it to the textbooks we study in school mm-hmm. or in the literature that's in our libraries so i became even more curious and in my research i found out about a kenyan woman a historian called chao tayana minor who was addressing exactly that gap that i found out about and i found out that you know she was doing really amazing work speaking with people who lived during the colonial time trying to piece together things and Find out things that may not be recorded, or events that may have happened that were that are not in books, that are not in our historical archives, and then she would recreate them. For example, she would um, create 3D reconstructions of um, camps, concentration camps that Kenyan Kenyan people would be put in by the British, and then she would hold exhibitions uh, at museums or at different locations in Kenya so that people could come and learn and see uh, more about their history so that they could connect more with their past. So I found the work that this uh, historian was doing to be very important work um, to help people connect with their past in Kenya and I found found it to be an interesting story that people would be fascinated with. So I read more about her, read more about her work and her background. I crafted a pitch to pitch to my editors at the Christian Science Monitor and they liked the story. So after that, I had to look for this historian Chow, try to set up an interview with her and also try to look for experts in history and digital history which is what she does. Finding her was not difficult but you know setting up an interview with her was difficult because she is a very busy person so eventually we settled on a date and also with journalism sometimes you just you just don't write a story you try to peg it you find like you make it timely so I couldn't just write the story I had to write it at a time when she was holding an, one of these exhibitions or she was involved in an event so i could make the story timely mm-hmm. so i had to wait a few weeks until when she had an, an event where she was talking about african history and um, astronomy the connection between african history and astronomy so i used that as a newspaper mm. to go attend that event and use it as an entry to my story so i had to wait a couple of weeks for that to happen so i met her Interviewed her and then based on what I found from that event and everything else that we talked about I also connected with experts in African history in African digital history Mm -hmm. And spoke with them just to put into context the work that Chao does So I could come up with a well-rounded story that covered different aspects of the work that uh, that she does so Yeah, and I was fortunate enough to find uh, sources from different parts of the world, from Kenya and other countries who could speak to what she does. And I wrote my story, yeah, and just became a matter of back and forth with my editors just to clarify things here and there and going back to the sources and making the story as accurate and possible. And we came up uh, with what I believe was a good final product. Yeah, yeah.
1: Actually, indeed, Nazanin, we're not leaving you out of the conversation at all. Can you talk us through the selection process? What were the most important things that you know was considered by the judges in selecting these two well-researched articles from the over two thousand submissions?
3: Yeah, sure. So it was no easy thing. I can um, imagine because <laughs> two over two thousand articles. I think we received on. Uh, very many topics and you know it's as that's why it's great to have this moment in time to talk to be able to celebrate just the level and depth of research and investigation that's kind of gone into them so as i said earlier we work really closely with a working group of african volunteer uh, editors within the community to identify you know what are the categories that we really feel we want people to submit their articles under and the decisions around that were really led around you know where are the biggest knowledge gaps around African um, history on Wikipedia and so the the categories that we have are around arts culture heritage and sports health climate change and environment women and youth digital and, and human rights and in thinking about the the criteria that we felt was important um, this time around was the fact that we really wanted journalists who are from Africa and you know residing on the continent, writing about Africa. The articles should, of course, be about the African continent. And this was really important. O- originality. So articles mm. that are original work, they're in-depth. They have analysis and investigative reporting, which I'm sure you'll agree from hearing uh, our award recipients today just so much work has gone into crafting and uncovering those stories and going alongside that originality looking for reliability and accuracy so again looking at the research having objective insights in there a range of perspectives and so in thinking about you know how we would judge this we we obviously worked very closely to the criteria, but we also, as well as the working group, looking at the articles that came in, we also worked with a number of external partner organizations such as the uh, Association of Media Women in Kenya, Kenyan Union of Journalists, you know, experts from those fields who could help us to ad- advise on how to go about selecting the articles that, that received th- those recognitions. But yeah, it was it was not easy. It was not easy and I think the really fascinating thing was just the range of stories that were coming through from those that were you know really celebratory to those that were covering really hard-hitting sensitive topics but all of which we feel are really important in presenting that really true af- uh, and accurate representation of African stories African lives and cultures and traditions.
1: Mm. Now. Does this mean that we have, um, say, about 2,000 uh, researched articles that um, volunteer editors can, you know, use to make uh, articles and art and information on Wikipedia? And uh, what effect uh, or what benefits, you know, this particular award, what benefits was it to the mission and the goal um, that the Wikimedia Foundation um, already has?
3: Yeah, so definitely i think i can't remember the exact number but over 2000 articles wikimedia editors now have access to in a central repository to be able to create and promote uh, sorry create articles um so that has been a huge benefit of of this first year is in receiving those those sources and we are so thankful to have been able to work with a number of media associations in and around Africa that have helped us to really promote these awards to a really wide range of journalists to enable that you know such a high level of entries to come through Um, but as well as that you know i think i think as i mentioned before the real impact also lies in actually starting the conversations and awareness raising of just how important really good journalism is um, in closing knowledge gaps in the wider information uh, space, but also the importance to journalism of journalism in helping to close knowledge gaps on Wikipedia. Um, so I think this year the awards have done a tremendous job in achieving those aims and set us up really well in thinking about, you know, where we go from here. Mm. Uh, not just in terms of the journalism awards, but also in helping, working with and supporting communities to close those knowledge gaps. Mm.
1: With the explosion of uh, digital media formats and platforms and tools, tech tools, improved tech tools, you know, AI is like the buzzword now. What role do journalists you know, still have to play in the society in terms of ensuring that the information that we get, we exchange, we receive, um, you know, is accurate and is reliable?
3: Yeah, no. This is a this is such an interesting and very timely question. Obviously, because you know we're seeing technologies transform how how people write and create information. Um, I would say, like certainly from the perspective of Wikimedia, like we've always been like a human centered project that's really valued humans at the core of that. All of the policies around keeping information reliable, accurate, and neutral they were all created by humans and all of the work to kind of moderate articles it is is very much led by humans on the platform we, you know editors do use ai tools and have done for a number of years in helping to i suppose streamline tasks to make their lives easier and that's where we feel you know technology working in hand with humans is is great and really important but we do think that Nothing can replicate or should replicate the work that humans do on Wikipedia, but also in the wider information space. You know, we've heard today about just the level of work that's gone into creating those articles. It's really important to have that human lens in ensuring that that information is reliable. Because we know just from what's being reported now that some of those new technologies that are coming through aren't reliable. They do hallucinate. So yeah i think humans humans are really critical in playing a role in creating and creating knowledge and making that accessible Mm.
1: osas and carlos we've had uh, some form of information explosion in you know the last couple of years how in terms of shaping public opinion how do you perceive the responsibility that you have and how do you think journalists like you um, would be, you know, reacting to you know things like artificial intelligence and the tools and the technologies that um, are around now in the digital space? And um, anyone can, you know, um, you know either Carlos or Sars can speak to this.
2: I think journalists still have a huge responsibility uh, in shaping public opinion be- because we are the gatekeepers of information. We carefully select and represent stories that uh, resonate and connect with audiences. So, journalism still plays the huge role of giving people credible news and news that people can trust. And also, news that can help people make informed choices, whether it's about elections or government policies. I think. In that sense human journalists are are irreplaceable in that sense and we are still very important in shaping shaping public opinion.
1: Hmm. And how we should deal with new technologies like
2: AI? I think these technologies are built by humans so if the people developing them you know they should develop them responsibly so that they can be for the benefit of humanity so they can basically be responsible tools because even though they are machines even though it's ai it's technology the people behind the people building these tools the people building feeding these tools with information are human beings so it's about doing responsible technology and building responsible tools yeah
0: okay um for me just to add to what carlos has said i strongly believe in the the agenda um, setting power of the media um, in terms of sh- shaping public opinion um, we have the power to determine what topic becomes the focus of discussion at a particular um, time or at a particular um, period so i think to a large extent the um, information that we put out there um, i i owe it a responsibility to my immediate community and my country at large as a journalist to ensure that the information that we divulge to the public are accurate and they are well researched. And in terms of technology, AI, um, like, like we said, um, I think AI is just there to help us. Because in terms of storytelling or in terms of my role as a journalist, I do not believe that AI has that um, human connection in terms of empathy. I think it is devoid of empathy, it is devoid of emotion. Okay,
1: yes. Um, thank okay. you, v- thank you very much, Osas. Um, it, you know, uh, but then, in, in just wrapping up, yeah. How would you want to speak to um, colleagues and to aspiring journalists, journalists who you know would want to get to the point where you're at now, um, um, Osas? And then, Carlos, colleagues like you know yourself, who are at the stage where you are, um, looking at um, you know the role that journalists have to play. And then aspiring journalists?
0: Okay, for aspiring journalists, I think um, two words I'll just say it's be resilient and then be teachable, be humble, and um, see every opportunity as a learning curve. See every task that you're giving at work or whether you're interning or whether you're in school. For those who are still in school, who um, Have access to opportunities for them to start practicing journalism in school i would tell you to go for it hundred percent because by the time you're done with school and you get into the journalism field it's going to be really easy for you because of the experiences you've been able to gather while in school and for those who are not in school who are out there who are wondering or who were some who were at a place where i was some years ago wondering oh how am i going to sustain myself with this job Will I be able to um, continue with this job? I believe you should just stay resilient. Just be put all of your passion into it. I think journalism is a passion at the end of the day. If you have passion for it, it's going to pay off in the long run. Be teachable. Learn at every given opportunity. Every meeting you find yourself, any event they send you to, every task you're giving, see it as a learning curve. Don't see it as, oh, it's just another work, more work added to my work. I think that's something that really paid off for me because I'll take up even other people's task as my task and complete it in the course of it. So I think that's what I would say. And then for colleagues who are aware, um, I believe that the sky is big enough for all, all of us. I believe that there are enough opportunities out there for all of us. Let's, us. let's keep striving. Let's keep supporting each other. And yes, I believe we'll make
2: it true. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Carlos? For aspiring journalists, I would encourage them to be persistent because this job may oftentimes entails chasing stories for a long time chasing sources who may not be responding so you need to be persistent and patient and also i would encourage them to read a lot to be informed about the topics that they want to cover the bits that they want to write about be very knowledgeable and also find ways to practice the craft sometimes you, it may not be easy to get a full-time job, so sometimes freelancing may be a great way to get in. So try to freelance as much as possible when you're starting out, and that may help you help get your foot uh, in the door in some news organizations. And also learn new skills. If you're a writer, try to pick up a camera, try to learn how to take photos, try to learn how to take video, cause these skills come in handy and Many newsrooms now because we are in the digital age and many newsrooms have digital presence. So you may be required to come with more than just one skill. So you may be good at writing, but you may be sometimes required to help in doing some multimedia work. So learn new skills too.
1: Uh, Thank you very much for that. Nazneen? In terms of working more, you know, with more journalists on the continent, what are the next steps? Are there any next steps? Um, would we be expanding and having more winners in maybe, uh, you know, when this happens again next year?
3: So we're definitely looking at um, the learnings that we had this year and thinking about like what the future for the awards look like. Uh, there's there's a few things that we want to think about. You know, at the moment, these awards are pan-African. Could they work in a different format by being more country-focused, for example? So there's still some thinking to do there, but we will continue those conversations with our community. And I suppose the the thing that we want to continue to promote um, as we do that is the just you know the importance of journalism, and you know really. Journalists hold, do hold the key to unlocking a more diverse and inclusive narrative of Africa and very much kind of calling to them to help promote these diverse stories that celebrate equity and inclusion, uncover untold histories and voices to present that richer and more accurate narrative of, uh, of Africa in the world.
1: Beautiful. Thank you very much. Truly, African journalists are helping to expand the knowledge base about the continent on Wikipedia. We've heard the story of Carlos Mureti and Osas Ibizube. Carlos um, is a journalist from Kenya and... Osas is a media communications and gender advocate and journalist also based in Nigeria. There are there are four other standing articles that receive special mentions, and I think it's uh, quite important that we also um, recognize them there. A uh, special mention in arts, um, cultural heritage, and sports. Uh, anu Adoye um, from Nigeria was on the Benin Bronzes and the Road to Restitution, published in the Financial Times. And then Digital and Human Rights. That's Philip Obadje Jr. Um, from Nigeria. And he was on the silencing of Sudan's journalists again. Um, Al Jazeera Journalism Review. And then another special mention in the Health, Climate Change and Environment. Went to Jackson Ambole from Kenya um, for how Mombasa's Uyghur Cops powered a reforestation drive published in Al Jazeera. And then finally on Women and Youth Jacqueline Muchazureka from Zimbabwe: The story of how a Zimbabwean woman treated obstetric fistula despite criticism from her church and community. I want to say a big thank you to Osas Ibizube for sharing, um, you know, her story and you know, coming on here, uh, you know, to join the virtual celebration uh, which was organised today. Thank you very much, Osas, um, for the time.
0: Thank you, Tony, for having me.
1: Beautiful. And Carlos Murethi, thank you very much also for sharing um, here with us your time, what it took, and for joining the virtual celebration.
2: Thank you, Tony, for hosting me. And I'm happy to share my input with fellow journalists and uh, the rest of the world.
1: And thanks also to Nazneen Nawaz, Director of External Communication at the Wikimedia Foundation. And thanks to um, the Wikimedia Foundation for everything it does and for helping to ensure that we get accurate um, and reliable information when we need these information.
3: Thank you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.